Good evening, Chavre. Here we go. Today's daf is daf Nun Ches, page 58 in Meseches Yuma. We are at the two dots, uh, about 11 to 12 lines down on the Amud. We already started daf Nun Ches, if we got onto this yesterday. And we're now at the colon, again, about 10, 11 uh, uh, lines from the top of Nun Ches, Amud Aleph. Zog, the Gemara Azoi. It says in the Mishnah, State Mishnah that after the sprinklings, the Kohen Gadol would combine the bloods together of the bull and the par, and then he would put the the cup of blood that was full, ready for this, into the empty cup. He stacked them one inside the other. That's what it seems. But look at what it says, because the Gemara is going to challenge this. It's going to be a very fascinating Gemara. The Mishnah says, Nosan es He puts that which is full into that which is empty. Now, the Gemara is going to show us, just to give a preface, there's two ways to understand this. Either it means... He took the full cup and stacked it inside the empty cup. So now he's holding both cups with only one having blood in it. Or does it mean that he poured from the cup that was full of the mixture into the cup that was empty from the mixture? Why would you do that? The Gemara will get into it. Why? You'd make like a cliche lishi, Yeah. You combine the bloods, you pour from the you know you pour from the combined cup into the other cup, yeah. Why would it mean that? Okay, so the Gemara is going to show us. However, there's two approaches. Let's get cracking. Zok der Gemara. Barimine Rabbi Barachama Mir Rav Chista. Ram Barachama as the Shaila searching for information from Rav Chista. Hiniach Mizrak Besaych Mizrak. If the Kayin takes one of the bowls of blood and puts it inside the other bowl, the kiblu by a sadam, and does kabbalah sadam, mahu, what is the halacha, min b'mina, chaytzei, tzayin, chaytzei, yes, tam b'shayla, by regular karbonis, can the Kohen be holding a double bowl, and catch the blood? Now why not? Because it says in the Pesach, that v'lokach, the Kohen has to take the blood, that comes directly from the cow, the, the, the bull, the karbon. Which means you can't have anything making a chatzitza, making a separation from the kli, the vessel that he's accepting the blood in, and his hand. There can't be any separation. Now, here's the problem. If you're allowed to double bag, if you can double cup, the blood is inside the inner cup, and my hand is only touching the outer cup, so is that considered a chatzitza? Okay? And you'd say, of course. Of course, Zachatzitzi, only two cups, right? Or do we say no? Maybe look at it as one fat cup. Maybe if you have two of the same cups stacked one inside the other, I should just look at it like it's a very one, very wide-walled cup. That is the Shaila of Rami Bar Chama that he's asking Rav Chista. So here we go. Amar Leh. Rav Chista says back to him, Tani Suh, we learned in the Mishnah, Kain Gadol puts the cup that's full of blood into the cup that's empty of blood. Now, that's what we think. It's the cup. 
My love, Hoyshev Mizrak, Molly Lesach Mizrak, Raykon. And you see from here that it's not considered a chatzitza. It's not considered a separation. Because you're taking, you're, you're combining the blood. This is our understanding right now. The blood's inside one cup. Then you stack it. You're holding the outer cup. You have to go ahead and, and bring the blood now to the Yisaita Mizbeach. If it's considered a chatzitza, a separation, you're not transferring the blood with your hand. You're transferring the blood inside of a cup that's, that's inside of, of another cup that's in my hand. So it must be that when you have two cups, one stacked inside the other, we view it as one wide cup, and it's not considered a chatzitza. That's his answer, a proof from our Mishnah. Again, the Shiloh was, when you have two of the same cups stacked inside another, is it called a chatzitza, separation from the kind to the blood or not? That was the Shiloh. Answer is, from the fact that you see it, the kain Gadol is allowed to combine the bloods and then stack his cups. Must be, it's not considered a chatzitza, otherwise we wouldn't allow it. Okay. The Gemara now says there's no proof. There's no proof whatsoever that, you're, that an outer cup is not a chatzitza. You know why? Let's keep reading. You know what it means? It doesn't mean he actually holds both cups. What it means is that he takes the full, the, the full cup that has the mixture and he now makes a cliche, so to speak, you know. He takes that mixture and pours it into the empty cup. It doesn't mean he stacks the full one into the empty cup. It means he pours the full one into the empty cup. All right? The full cup into the empty cup. Why is one full, one empty? Oh, because remember, there was one cup. There, there, there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. See, here's what happened. Here was that. He sprinkled the bull blood. He sprinkled the goat blood. He then. And then when he's done, he combined it. So now you have one cup full of the combination right. and the other cup completely empty. Right. Says the Gemara, you know what this means? You take the full cup of blood and now you take the mixture and you pour it into the, the cup that's now empty. What do you, what do you accomplish? Ah, Gavaldic, Beautiful, let's keep reading. Gavaldic, very good. Says the Gemara, You already told me the blood is combined. Why are you pouring it again into an empty cup? What do you gain? Answers the Gemara, You know what we have to gain? That when you combine both bloods, you combine it. But when you pour it into a nut and you pour it another time, that makes sure that all the blood is mamish combined. So now when I pour it on the, you know, when I pour it out, it's going to be one chefza of sa'ir and par blood mixed together. You know, the first time you mix something together, it's not a good geshmaka mix. Yeah, you, you, you put in the lemonade uh, kernel, you know, the, the, the mixture, lemonade mix, right? But then you take it from that pitcher, you pour it into another pitcher, ah, now it's more, uh, more kahayi. All right? Beautiful. So that's, so, and the Gemara's sticking with that. The Gemara says, listen, and this is fascinating. This is how we started out the introduction to today. The Mishnah had said, you then take the full one and you put it into the empty one. We thought it meant you take the full cup and stack it inside the empty cup. Says the Gemara, not necessarily. It can also mean you take the full cup and you pour it into the empty one. Just to, this is no shaykhis, but, but you know, you, you, my mind works in funny ways when I was learning in Ner Yisro. So uh, they, they had people hired coming around to the tables to to combine, you know, the started milk bottles from all the yeshiva guys. That guy, a guy sits down for cereal for breakfast, 
you know, so you start a, a milk bottle and you drink and, and then there's a third of a bottle left. The next guy goes, he takes another bottle to his table. So, you know, towards the end of breakfast, you have Hebra going around, combining the milk bottles, yeah? So there was one guy who came around. I was sitting there, some Haverim, and there was a bottle that was kemat empty, practically empty. There was like, you know, a quarter inch of milk. And he takes a three-quarters full bottle, and he starts pouring that into the empty bottle. So, so one of my friends said, Mehechetesi, what, what are you doing? Try to come out. See, he says, no, that bottle's got more room. <laughs> there's, there's more room to fit, uh, to fit more milk. Ah, mamish Meredith. Ah, you, gotta, you, you can't make this stuff up, yeah? So you got to pour the one that has <laughs> more room. All right, fine, here you go. Fighter, Tashma, come and listen. We still don't know whether one cup inside of another cup is a chatzitza. So let's see. It says in the it says in the Toshma, come listen to the Bryson. You have a kayan standing on top of a kli. The halacha was the kahanim had to be standing directly on the floor, right? They didn't even wear shoes, right? On the floor of the base Hamikdash. If a kayan is standing on top of a kli, or he's waddling on top of his friend's toes. All right, he's not touching the floor of the base Hamikdash. Puzzle. So what do you see from here? It says the Gemara. What was the shaila? If one cup inside another cup is a chatzitza, or do we say no? Since they're both cups, there's no chatzitza. So the Gemara here says, look, you have one kayan's toes on top of another kayan's toes, and it's called a chatzitza. So you see that when you have toes blocking toes, it's a chatzitza. It must be that when you have a cup blocking a cup, it's a chatzitza. Says the Gemara, no. No. No proof. You know why? Practically. Shiny regal delay matzi mevatale. Let me tell you something. When the kayan's standing on the other kayan's feet <laughs> at the time of pouring or whatever it was, that's a very temporary thing. They're not walking around the base hamikdas, you know, dressed up for Purim, somehow uh, playing the, the the sack race, potato sack race, you know, with their feet tied together. So when you have feet on top of feet, we'll say that's for sure a chatzitza. You're not on the floor. I, they're both, they're both called feet. Okay, but it's not meant to be together. Over here, the Kayan can mamish, the Kayan can mamish, hold both cups throughout the entire avoda, And maybe when he can hold both cups throughout the entire avoda, it would not be considered a chatzitza, would not be considered a separation. Okay? Both, I mean, both cups, one on each hand? Uh, no, he's holding both cups in one hand. One hand. Yeah. Ikadami there those say haboy minay that this is the shaili yaster of Chista derech sherus bekach I ain derech sherus bekach. He didn't ask him as a chatzitza, but the way that it was asked was, is this derech sherus? Meaning the kain gadol had to do the avoda in the in the normal way, in the usual manner. Is this if you stack one cup into the other? Is this called the usual ways? And he says Toshma the turn to be Rabbi Shmuel let's call clay hashares. Listen closely, uh, not listen, but look. At these words, as called clay, all vessels, which is plural, hashares of the individual service. It is. As called clay, which is multiple, hashares of one service. You see, you can have multiple vessels used for one service. Asher yashar suba You see from here, 
that it's not going to be considered a chatzitz, it won't be considered a separation, you're actually allowed to hold multiple kleishares when performing one particular avayda. Period. End of that shaila. So to, to, to wrap this up outside, we had a shaila. Um, what is the halacha concerning stacking cups, one inside of another? Is it a chatzitza? According to this, according to the first lashon, um, it may very well, um, it may very well, uh, we had no proof. According to the first lashon, we had no proof. According to the ikadamri, we have a proof that it would not be considered a chatzitza and to hold two cups together would be allowed. Okay, another shayla, here we go. Bamine Rami Barchama Merav Chista. Rami Barchama asks another Shailah. If the Kayain put Siv inside of the bowl of blood, the Kiba Bayasadama, who Mimbishena Minai Chaitzaits, Ayainai Chaitzaits. Let me explain the Shailah in our terms, okay, in, in American terms. Here's the deal the Halacha was that the blood of the carbon had to be received directly into the klisharis. Okay? In a nutshell, Rami Barchama's question is, what happens if that klisharis has a coating that's porous? So, there's a coating certainly noticeable, but at the same time, you know that some blood, at least some of it, went directly into the gut. So you did have, you know for a fact, you had an element of a kosher kabbalah sadam, of a kosher accepting of the blood. Let's explain this, Kamara. Let's keep explaining this question. Do we say that uh, since it's mechalchel, since it has pores, it has openings, it's not considered a chatzitza, and it's okay, because you know at least some of the blood went straight into the, uh, the, the cup, it's the, you know, the walls of the cup itself. Or do we say it doesn't matter? This is called a coating. It's called a covering, and it's going to be considered a chatzitza. That's his shayla. So Amalei, Rav Chista says to him, Tanina, we learned in a Mishnah, very interesting. And that is, that um, the, if somebody has a sponge inside of a cup of the ash, you know, with the ash water mixture of the paraduma, um, what you do is you just yank the sponge out without squeezing it, and the rest of the water is okay. So what happened was, Umamish had a bowl with a sponge in the bowl, the liquid, the water went on top of it, and we say it's still okay as long as you remove the sponge and don't squeeze the sponge. Why? must be like this. Anything stuck inside the sponge is going to be a problem because it didn't touch the actual cleat, the actual vessel. But if you're allowing me to use whatever's left once the sponge is remaining, we're basically saying that once something in there is porous, we do consider it like it went all the way down. So that would be his proof. Says the Gemara, no proof. Shiny Maya Deklushi. Our Shaila is when you gather the blood of Shechita. Blood is thicker than water. When blood goes on top of something like a sponge, it ain't going to go straight down to the bottom the way that water does. And therefore, just because 
by the water mixture of the paraduma, the mayim tahirim of the paraduma, we say, oh, just remove the sponge, and we know the water touched it, so you see it's okay, it's not a chatitza. No, maybe by blood, if there's a coating, even if that coating is porous, maybe the blood did not, was a little too thick to get all the way down, and it should not be okay. And therefore, Rav Chista has no answer. Ikadamri, there are those who say a little bit differently. Hachi Poshle Rav Chista said as follows, Bedam kosher, when it comes to blood, that is not considered um, a chatzitza, however, bekaimetz posel. When it comes to the flower of the kmitza, it is. So according to Igadamri, it's not a matter of the thickness of liquid. Rather, the difference is going to be whether it's a liquid or a solid. Meaning, if you have something porous inside the klisharis, and a liquid fell in there, it's fine. It's going to be okay. However, if it's a solid like flour of the kaimates of the, of the carbon, then it's not going to be okay. It's, we're going to say that it did not make it all the way through and it's going to be considered a chatzitza. Okay, period, end of that Gemara. So just to say that outside, the last few steps, is that we had a shaila. if you have a porous coating on top of the klisharis, is it a chatzitza or not? So two ways to, to understand this, according to the first lashon, it depends on the thickness of the liquid. Blood does not get through, and it's a chatzitza. Water will get through, and it's not a chatzitza. That's the first approach. According to the second approach, any liquid will get through, even blood, and therefore it's not a chatzitza. A, a dry substance won't get through, and that is considered a chatzitza. You can't say that it went straight into the klisharis. Okay? For example, the kamitza of the carbon mimsa. Period, end of that Gemara, complete end of that discussion. We now turn to the top of Nunches Omur base. All right, here we go. Zok to Mish. Mish is now just going to continue on and tell us after the sprinkling um, of the Kaidish HaKadoshim and the Hechel, what was the next, uh, you know, the, what was the next stop on the itinerary? Yeah, where was the Kayin Gadol going from there? Right? So, we're going to start learning about the different Mizbechos, the different Mizbeachs, the altars that we had inside the Beis Hamikdash, and what exactly was, you know, uh, was done on them, particularly for uh, for this Havaida of Yom Kippur. Zok the Mish like this. The Kayin Gadol went out heading towards the Mizbeach that was in front of Hashem. Which Mizbeach? Zem Mizbeach Hazov. This is talking about the golden of Mizbeach. Okay? That was inside the... Uh, that was inside the Hechel. Okay? So this was not the large Mizbeach, which was in the Azara, in the courtyard, you know, that had these huge fires. Uh, this is the Mizbeach Azov that was, in the, that was inside the Hechel, not the Azara. So here's what he does. Ready? He, he's not sprinkling the blood, but he takes the blood and he touches the blood. Um, I lost the place, I'm sorry. 
He starts to touch the the blood, viyared, in a downwards motion. Where did he start on top of this mizbeach hazav, touching the blood? You know what was what was his you know um, what were the directions? How did it work on the map? So mikerem mizrachis to find this, he started from the northeast corner to find this marabas marabas drimas drimas mizrachis. He went from northeast to northwest, southwest, southeast. Malkum shumaskel b'chatas al mizbeach achitzan, the same place that he starts the the chatas on on the mizbeach achitzan by the azara misham hayagomer al mizbeach apnimi. That's where he would also do the same, the, the same uh, process. Um, and he would do on the Mizbeach Apnimi, the inside Mizbeach. Okay, now this inside Mizbeach was much smarter, was much smaller. The Kaimagal actually stayed in one place. The Mizbeach was one amma by one amma, it was two feet by two feet. So he didn't have to walk around like he did by the large outside Mizbeach, uh, you know, of the Azara. Here, he was able to stand in one place, says Rabbi Eliezer, and he would just reach over and touch blood on each of the corners. And he would do it, um, move his hand upward, and the blood would spritz from the bottom to the top. Except for the, the corner that he meets first. That went from the top down. Okay. Tomorrow we'll get into all this. He's al taharei shal mizbeach shavapami sprinkles from the waters of purity on the uh, from the the blood of purity on the mizbeach um, seven times. Ushyari adam and the rest of the blood. Remember we said what did you do with the rest of the blood? Now after touching the corner, he went he poured it down onto the base of the outer mizbeach. Shal mizbeach achitzaim and the the. Uh, Carbonus that were part of the Achitzon, I shayv echal yisoid deraimi. The the rest of their blood would go on the southern side. Elu veelu, mis arvin baama. They would then mix together in the ama in that river and that canal that that flowed from the base hamikdash to outside Yerushalayim. The yaitzin the nachal kidrain. It flew down. It it uh, it uh, went downwards into the valley of kidrain. Okay, this is very, very interesting. Listen to this. Blood, and particularly the blood of these karbonas, brought tremendous bracha to people who lived down in that valley. So they would take it, and they would sell it to people who are involved in work the fields. Lezevel, uh, as fertilizer. However, if a person does this, um, it's considered me'ilah, because you're not allowed to benefit personally from the Beis HaMikdash. So we're going to have to learn exactly how they used it. If it's going to be me'ilah to use it, so how does it work? That you're going to sell it to people who use a fertilizer, but, you're, but, but it's me'ilah? So we'll learn what that means in Mitzvah Okay, well, you know, well, not what it means, but we'll learn exactly what the process was. Okay, here we go. Zak the Gemara Tanura the rabbis learned in Soshuwe. He went out to the Mizbeach. What is the teaching? 
We find by a parabol called mitzvah when a person brings a carbon chatos. For, a, for a, a standard Avera, we'll call it. Standard, no, not, nothing standard, but you know, a, a regular situation. The Kayan stands um, and, and sprinkles towards the, uh, uh, on the Pereiches. So I would say the same thing is true over here. You sprinkle the same way. No, Imamish goes out to the Mizbeach. Where was he? When? He before he sprinkled the fnim and before he was inside the area between the mizbeach and the curtain of the uh, the curtain of the heichel of the kaitz. Tani idoch learned in a brayzus in a brayzus similarly the fnei Hashem that the kayim puts the blood down in front of Hashem. Matam lemer abra nechem lefish matzinu par besor shemekipurim. I would see the same thing is true if the Kain Gadol on Yom Kippur, he should stand from the inside of the Mizbeach and sprinkle towards the curtain. I would say that's what you do on, on Yom Kippur as well. We know we don't do that, right? What did he do? He stood from the curtain and sprinkled to the Mizbeach. Talmud Laimar, Mizbeach, Ketar Yisam, Lefnei Hashem, Asher, Ba'el Mayed, Mizbeach, Lefnei Hashem, Ve'in Kayan, Lefnei Hashem. The Mizbeach is called Lefnei Hashem, the Kayan is not called Lebnei Hashem. Ha'ketzad, what's going on here? He's standing past, outside the area of the Mizbeach when he sprinkles. Okay? So basically, he's, he's uh, standing between the Mizbeach and, the, and the, the opening of the Kaidash as opposed to standing between the Mizbeach and the opening of the Kaidash HaKadash. Period, two dots, end of that discussion on that part of the Mishnah. Now we move on to the next part of the Mishnah that says that he touched the blood on each corner in a downward motion. Hischil machate v'yayri. Okay. Ton rabbi on the rabbis, that's why the rabbis, hischil machate v'yayri, me'echonu maschil. Where did he start from? Where did he start from? Now if you remember... On the second line of our Amud. Yeah, on Nunchas Amud Beis. Look at the second line. It says, Mehechonu Maskil. Today's Amud, right? It says, Mikaren Mizrachis Tsefinus. Northeast. Let's look at the Mahalach of this Bryson. Mehechonu Maskil, Mikaren Mizrachis Droimis. Southeast. Droimis, Maruvis, Maruvis, Tsefinus, Tsefinus, Mizrachis. So you went from southeast to southwest, northwest, northeast, Divi Rabbi Akiva. This is the opinion of. Rabbi Akiva. Basically, basically, he says, Mikar Mizrachis Tzfainis. He starts from the northeastern corner, Tzfainis Maravis, Maravis, Dreimis, Dreimis Mizrachis, which is like our Mishnah, Makam Shabri Aglili Maschil. And this is where Rabbi Yaisi Aglili starts, the, the, wherever, the place where Rabbi Yaisi Aglili holds that a person should start, Sham Rabbi Akiva Paisik. That's where Rabbi Akiva says, you end with. Okay, now, says the Gemara to explain what we're talking about. Everybody agrees that whichever corner he hits first, that's the one he's going he's gonna to put blood on. Okay? Like of it, my time. Okay? I'm sorry. The Kuli Alma Mia. Everybody agrees that the first corner that he that he greets is not the one that 
that you that you dab it on. You know why? Because the first side that he meets is the western side. There was nobody who holds that you start immediately on the western side. How do we know it was on the west? Because he's coming from sprinkling by the parechas. The parechas was to the west. Okay. Um, the question is: Is it north? You start with northwest or southwest? Fine. So I lost the place. I'm sorry. My time. What's the reason? Why taka don't we start automatically? Why don't they just say you know you don't pass over mitzvahs, right? So if you have the, the first corner that the kain gadol meets, let him start putting the blood there. He goes out to the mizbeach, which means He first has to walk by the entire length of the mizbeach, and then he can start dabbing. And if you start at the first thing that you hit. You never walk the length. So you walk the length, and you, you're walking past the first corner. Now you got the length, and you can start putting the blood down. Okay. Says the Gemara, let's understand the Machlaikas, whether you start in the northwest or southwest. Should go to his right, and therefore you should start. So we're asking on Rebbe Kiva, why Taka don't you hold? You start in Kerem Mizrachis Tzvainis. Why don't you say you start over there? Maybe Rabbi Yisak and Rabbi Kiva are arguing about Rami Baricheskel. Who's that? Rabbi Baricheskel. Rami Baricheskel asked a contradiction, which was as follows: Yam the Yam that Shleimai Hamelech made. Okay, now this Yam literally means a sea. We're going to call it a pool. Shlomelech made a big pool in the area of the Beis HaMikdash. I made, he would stand, it stood on 12 cattle. Three of them were facing north. Three were facing to the west. Three south. Three to the east. And the pool on top of, was, was uh, on top of them. And all of the backs were towards the underneath of the pool. Okay, meaning that they, all these cattle faced outwards and the backs of them were faced underneath the pool. Okay, fine. So what? Says the Gemara like this. Mar Islay Dirami Bar Omar... Yeah, and the the pool was on top of them. Their backs were towards were underneath the pool. You see from here, every time you cut, you turn, it should always be derech yomin to the mizrach. You should always go in the uh, uh, to the east. Okay, so you should basically what the Gemara is asking is that you should walk. Um, you should walk. The, the other way, okay? Uh, this way, you're always going to be moving to your right. If you start on your west, then you're going you're gonna to constantly be moving leftwards, right? If you want to go to the right, so you got to start on the, uh, you got to start on the opposite side, correct the Gemara. So, um, so the Gemara says, like, no, uh, I, I keep skipping, I'm sorry. Answers the, uh, so therefore says the Gemara, Maybe we'll say 
that Rabbi Yisakili agrees with Rami Barichesko, Maybe Rabbi Kiva disagrees with Rami Barichesko. He says you don't always have to go in that direction. Says Gemara Loi, no, that's not the Machlekes. Rather, the Kuliyama Isl Rabbi Barichesko. Both Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yehuda, both of them agree with Rami Barichesko and his take that the pool that Shlomi HaMelech built was on top of the cattle. And you learn from here that then they're facing outwards, and you learn from here that whenever you turn, you turn to the right. Everybody agrees with that. Oh, Savos is the Shaila. What is the Machlaikas? Says the Gemara Mar Savar Yalfinam Ponamichot. One man, the Omar Holt. You learn out the halacha of the Pnim, the, which is the Mizbeach HaPnimi, from the halacha of the Mizbeach HaChitzain. Okay? Umar Savar Layalfinam Pnim Mi Chutz. Okay? And the other one says, you don't learn out Pnem Michutz, and therefore, um, Reb, uh, Rami Bar Yecheskel's whole uh, approach of always making sure that you're headed to the right doesn't, uh, has no shaykhs over here, doesn't apply over here. The Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva, what does he say? He, he'll say, granted, the la yolif Pnem Michutz, yeah, that you don't learn out the halachas, the bene of Mizbeach HaPnimi, from Mizbeach HaChitzayni. However, Iboy HaChinavit, he says, if you want to, the Kain Gadol is allowed to go to his left. Um, and if he wants, he can go to his right. So, according to Rabbi Akiva, it seems you could choose. But now we have another problem. If you could choose, what did Rabbi Akiva say? He argued directly with Rabbi Akiva. And he said, no, don't force him to go to his right. You could even go to your left. But it doesn't mean even your left, or does it mean only? What does he mean by that? As the Gemara explains, again, we don't know if Rabbi Akiva is agreeing, allowing both, or if he's forcing to the left. So Rabbi Akiva says, the Gemara, Rabbi Akiva is going to say to you, Medina bahu karen, the Paga Barisha bahu avibarisha. Really, the halacha is that the first corner that you hit, that's the one you got to sprinkle, that's the one you got to put the blood down on. If you hit that corner, very nice, you want to walk past the Mizbeach, walk along the length, but ain't Mavir Nal Mitzvah. Vamayla Yavit, ain't Mavir Nal Mitzvah. So why aren't you doing it? Because Mishum Shinamar Gatz Mazbeach. Because Yerush Hakasim. Because you're not allowed. Shkoyach Chaim Avir and all mitzvahs. The Torah says if you do it, it's Avir. I do nothing. We call him Mazbeach. The Kivan Diyavah who Karen. But as soon as you were allowed to start that cor- the the south uh, southeast corner, because you now are you you now walked past the entire Mazbeach. Instead of keep going in that order, says Rabbi Akiva, I'll tell you like this. Walk past the first corner. Why? Because that's what says in the Torah. You got to walk across the length of the Mizbeach before you start putting down the blood. But now that you did it, go back to the corner that you skipped. Because you don't want to do even worse. Right? You, don't want to pa- you don't want to keep passing over that mitzvah. As soon as I have the opportunity to go back to it, that is what I should do. That's one answer. Vibay Yisema. Or you can answer, if we're going to say that the Kayin Gadol made hakafas, he hit his hakafas, hakafa beregel. Yeah, he made hakafas around the Mizbeach with his feet. Everybody agrees. You learn out the halachas, the inside Mizbeach from the outside Mizbeach. Okay? But here's what the Machlach is going to be. Marsavar hakafa diad. Umar Savar Akafa Beregel. The Shaila is whether you just need to use your arm's reach. You can stay in one spot, and your arm has to reach out and touch each corner. Okay? Um, and Memela, 
even though in usual we're going to be learning out from the outer Mizbeach to the inside Mizbeach, here we won't be because the outer Mizbeach is not Shaykh to do such a thing. Umar Sabra basically holds that no, by either Mizbeach you do Akafas by feet. And therefore, despite the huge difference in distance, you still need to do each one totally the same. Biba Yisem, or another approach could be the Kuliyama, everybody agrees, Hakafa Biyad, that the Hakafa going around the Mizbeach Apnimi is done by hand. You don't need to walk around by feet. Another good answer, right? That, uh, you know, uh, do you learn out the way and direction you move your hand from the direction that you used one's feet for the outer Mizbeach? That's another answer. Says the Gemara, we don't like that because Vesavar basically Akaf Biyad, or basically can't hold Akaf Vesar Biyad. Because it says in the end, that the Kaingada would stay in one place and touch the blood. It seems that he holds you can't stay in one place and you have to actually walk around. Rather, we go back to the first Iba Yasema that Mar Savar Akafa Biyad, Umar Savar Akafa Biregam. One last step for today. Iba Yasema, or if you want, you could say another possible answer. This is the Machlekas Tina Rebekiva and Rebesi Aglili, Mar Savar Saviv the Mizbeach Apnimi. One holds that the word Saviv, when, when talking about the Mizbeach Apnimi, the smaller inside Mizbeach, Kisav the Mizbeach Achitzen, is the same Saviv, is the same way that you go around by Mizbeach Achitzen. Umar, and, and therefore, even though it's small Mizbeach, you got to go around by foot. Umar Savar, no, Kul Mizbeach Apnimi, Mkayim Echad Akaram, Mizrachis Chitzayin Kai. And Rebekiva holds that the, the whole Mizbeach Apnimi, the whole thing was one ama by one ama. So it's only as big as one corner of the other Mizbeach. And the same way the Kayim would stand and reach around that one corner that was for the ama. So since this is the same size, uh, he was allowed to do the same thing for the entire Mizbeach Aprimi. It's the same size. You're doing the same avoid. If there's no need to walk around, we're not going to make him start walking in circles and saying Tfilas Yeah, we'll take it easy on him again. Maybe Rabbi Kiva is also of the opinion, we, we, we don't want to weaken him, you know, so the more we can limit the, uh, the activity of the Kayin Gadol, the, the greater chance we are of him making it through the Avaida. Uh, we're up to Tanya, and we will hold it here for today. Bez Hashem, we will pick up from here tomorrow evening at 8.05, hopefully from Yerushalayim. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.